Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. Hi, this is Ryan Fraser. This is Troy Daney. This is Gus Boyet. This is Don Hutchison. This is Jürgen Klopp, and you're listening to The Big Interview with Graham Hunter. Thank you, Jürgen. I travel to all these interviews from Barcelona, and our socios, our beloved members, keep us on the road. This independent podcast wouldn't happen without them. Please go to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter right now to join us, to become a socio, and to get every interview we produce without adverts and before it goes out on the main feed, plus lots of bonus content, including the chance to put questions to our guests and to me via the monthly Q&A. So do please go to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter and join the club and get your family and friends to do so. Maybe even strangers in the street. Love you. Well, you're listening to the Big Interviews Icons series. Presumably because you absolutely loved the last one and told all your friends about it too. What, what do you mean this is the first one you've listened to? The Big Interviews Icons series has already got Mancini, it's a corker, Fergie, Zidane, Cantona. So why wouldn't we lead you to Roy Keane? This idea is that we shine a light on those legends whose names have lit up some of our conversations with the Big Interview guests over the various seasons. This episode, and why not, focuses on Roy Keane. You're going to hear from Darren Fletcher on how underrated Roy was as a footballer of high technique. Another ex-United teammate, Quentin Fortune, tells us about how the captain set the level of intensity every day at training, sometimes with a kick. We've got two of Keno's Ireland teammates, Kevin Caban, talking about the row that led to Keane leaving the 2002 World Cup training camp in Saipan and what that action cost Ireland's team. Jason McAdeer talks about a heated rivalry which evolved into his admiration of this relentless competitor. Plus, we've got two guests who idolised Kino as kids 
then ended up playing for him during Roy's managerial career, Johnny Evans and Alex Bruce. Here then, icon of icons, is Roy Keane. Stories told by those who know him best. Knock yourselves out, or Keane will do it for you. Roy Keane is one of the best passers of all I've ever seen. And that's another... Everyone speaks of Roy in, Keane as... In terms of what? In terms of his touch and his pace in which he passed the ball forward and always passed it forward and broke the lines of the opposition quickly. Mm-hmm. He was the best at that. At breaking the opposition's line and getting attacking players onto transition, his touch was immaculate. He had the best first touch. All these things were so underrated in his game. Everyone looked at him as this ferocious competitor and box-to-box runner and tackler. That wasn't false, though. That wasn't false, <laughs> but... With the ball, he had one of the best first touches and the best pass forward into the attacking half to break lines of the opposition that they were seen. And then you got Paul Scold, who probably off the back, maybe got recognised even more for his control in the game abilities when Roy moved on. Mm-hmm. Because Roy controlled the midfield. Scold, then, was the one who got forward and got goals and used his technique higher up the pitch. So what you're describing there... If Scholes was a better passer, or was he? If he was, what made him a better passer than Roy? If he wasn't, why is his name sacred in terms of an Englishman who could use the ball compared to Roy? Help me on that one. Um, I'm not sure, actually, because I think I think Roy's very underrated in that respect. Scholes, he is a master, though. Scholes, he had a bit of the unbelievable football brain. Scholes, he could pass it five yards, ten yards, six Did he have yards. a bigger range of bigger passing? Bigger range of passing, okay. yeah, definitely. I think that was maybe more what I was trying maybe trying to yeah, Scolzi's mm-hmm. range of passing from five to ten to control in the game to little flicks around the corner and things like that. But I, I still think that Roy's was very, very underrated. You had a lot of generals and a lot of sergeant majors in that dressing room. You had leaders. That was just amazing. Rio, for example. Rio. Gary, Kino. Scolzi, Butty, the Nevs, Bikini for me was the highest because he Ultimate just he just, warrior, he just kept he just kept the level there and he just kept it real because he wanted us to train the way we played. And I remember uh, um, once in training, I shield the ball of Keeney and I'm as in my own box and he just kicked me in and I was like, and Carlos stopped the training and I was like, I got so angry and I was like, why is he doing that? And I just remember Keeney saying, would you do that in the game? And it just made me think because I know it's training, but it just it just can't lift the thought in my mind. What didn't he like? You were shielding it. What didn't he like that you wouldn't do? That he was telling you you wouldn't do it again. I wouldn't. What? I would not in that or be so. No, I wasn't saying lackadaisy because in that situation in the game I would probably play it simple ah. near my own box. Yeah, and just get it moving ball Keep quickly. Keep it moving away. But I was shielding it because I was stronger now and I was more confident and. Um, and of course, it's Keeney. You want to have a bit of competition with Keeney, but he just left him as he ran away. So, would you him in the game? No. So he just wanted us to make, you know, be switched on, do things properly uh, all the time, as all you the would time. do if it was a final or all the time Premier League derby. When you play the box, pass it's properly. As if it's Wembley pass properly okay. because when you come to the game, and this is why I keep emphasising to, to 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 people that when we used to play the game on a Saturday or Sunday or during the week. The battle was already won because the way we trained, yeah. Yeah. 
it was just ridiculous. I was never going to get an opponent as good as Giggsy on a Saturday afternoon. A Scolzi, a Keeney, a Bex, a Yorkie. This one by competition every single day. Train brutally hard so that playing's fun. Playing was a joy. about how you'd have handled Saipan if you'd been the manager I don't believe you'd have handled it the same way as I think you, Mick did do you know what yes probably it's fair that I probably answer what you're saying yes I, I, th- I probably would have handled it differently I think but I think it's always better in hindsight as well but I, I think that I don't know if Mick's ever admitted this or if he even thinks it but I do think that looking back he could certainly have managed differently and it, it, that's not the route I want it to go down you know with Roy there I've heard you saying I feel like we'd have done semi-finals at least. Easy, yeah. And you've used the word, well, you've just used the word easily. Yeah, I think we would have done. I think we'd have topped our group. I do think that. And again, it's, it's quite bullish when you think about it. I do think well, we'd have topped the group. This is a forum for and your I think, opinion. So. Yeah, I think we'd have put Spain out. I think I do think we'd have put Spain out if, if, if that had been the case. We should probably, we should, we, everybody knows we probably should have anyway. But it's in general, I think we would have, we certainly... So then you been, fancy South Korea? Yeah, I think of course we would have done. We definitely would have done. You've twice said, well, once in a previous interview... At least, yeah. Then you said easily. I, I think. So I, what do you think that Ireland were, were with Roy Keane and playing the way you played were finalists? Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah, and again, it's it's you know it, you always look at it. You know, it's everything can change and it runs its course for a reason and all these sort of things. But if I look at how we played and how how much what 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 our collective strengths were and the qualities, individual qualities that we had as well, mixed in with that. We, we 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 should have done. We should have done. Yeah, we should. We said we should have got to the, to the quarters as it is. Yeah, and we should have got to the quarters. And I th- I do feel as though we we would have had a great chance of topping our group originally anyway. And I think as it turns out, it would have ended. We would have ended up playing the Germany in the semi. We played them. I would have fancied us because it simply we, we would have we would have had experience of playing against them in the past. So it's Again. an Ireland Brazil final. Now you made a good game. No, I'm not. I'm not yeah. teasing or mocking. Yeah. You're, and you're not doing the Scottish thing about well, no, we've won no. the tournament before you've yeah. even, even made it there. You're making a reasonable, a log, a kick, something that's on your mind occasionally. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is. We could have played in a World Cup final yeah. because Korea looked beatable in retrospect against a side that you should have put out Spain. Yes. And Germany, you played in the group, and it was one-one. It was a late goal from Robbie, but yeah. you feel that you had their measure. Yeah, we did. Yeah, I thought throughout yeah, they got an early goal. We conceded early goals against. We conceded a first half goal against uh, Cameroon. We conceded early goal against Germany in the in the second game, and we conceded early goal against Spain as well. We conceded early goals, but we had enough about us. I think it helps in many respects as well that we did concede those early goals because we knew then that we had to maybe play a little bit, yeah. and it certainly helped us. I think it did, and we got ourselves more than back into every one of those games. And then by the last. 20, 30 minutes of every one of those games, we were out playing them. And, and, and I, I thought I detected this feeling about I could have played in the World Cup final in previous interviews that I listened to. Is that yeah. a bugbear? Uh, yeah. I, I, you know, again, we, we, we'd have Kenny Cunningham, would be a regular contributor on our show as well. I listen to him a lot. Yeah, and Kenny good. be on. And again, when we speak about it, it's, and I mean, it's totally genuine when we talk about the Saipan incident, we talk about it, it's just, it's sadness how it all happened I think every single one of us knowing what we know now would have would have done things differently we certainly would have all, all done it differently so, so and from a player point of view some of you might have spoken up yeah, or taken the boss definitely. aside or taken Roy aside Most definitely. or something I of that think, order you know if, again it's all in hindsight what could you have done differently and I think when we said with Mick, Mick, Mick feels as though yes you probably in hindsight could have done things differently 
But in general, I think he feels as though he's right for his ultimate decision that he made. But I think as as a squad, as a as a player, as a group of players together, I think we w- we would have all done it differently. You know, we were all experienced enough, or we had enough experience about us within that squad where we could have actually done something differently. Were yeah. some of them too scared to just sit a Roy? It was just it, it, it take was, a step it, back. I tell you, Roy. looking back at the moment as it was when it was all happening, though, uh, Graham, it, it was just one of those moments where it was it was between two guys going head to head and. And it was just happening in front of our eyes, and it was kind of the, it was almost like you're just letting it go in kind many of like respects. Like a barroom, yeah. It, it, it was, was too alpha males going. I'm not backing down. Yeah, it was a bit like that. That's what it was, and it was. You look back at it, and you think it, it, things could have been done differently. Yes, we know that. We know that. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. People have asked you about Roy Keane in a number of different ways. But we went back and we looked. You played against Roy a lot. And one of the things that distinguished Roy was he always had to win in various different ways. Whether it was the remote control in Wayne Rooney or on the pitch in a training, etc. I'd like it if you can, Jason, to try and in club games. Or training in Ireland is different. But in club games, I mean in a competitive when you had to go up against him, what were the things that Roy did that made him such a good player? Thinking about the way you talked about it, you surpri- you'll have surprised a lot of people about Kaká, about him working back and getting his hands dirty and trying to tackle, because the, the thing that caught the eye was what he did with the ball when he had it. But And, and I see a, a lot of people who played with Roy with Ireland have said these things about his character, blah, blah, blah. But I'm more interested in 
your assessment of what he was like to go up against at his peak as a footballer, at your peak and his peak as a footballer? I think if you look at Roy when he was growing up, I mean, I don't know where the the winning from me. I told you before, you know, coming from a boxing family and the way my father was with me and and what have you. I don't know that with Roy. I don't know where that winning uh, mentality at all costs comes from. He he could only tell you that, but. If you look at his history as growing up, he was really small in comparison to his teammates. And, you know, for his age, he was really small. So, you know, I was very small until I was 15, 16. I was a late developer and all of a sudden I grew. I, I woke up one day and I'd shot through the roof. And I think, Roy, it was a similar story. But, you know, from, from my experiences of being small and playing football at an early age, you've got to learn to read the game. You've got to learn to read it. And, you know, the first 10 yards is in your head. I know it's an old cliche, but it is. You know, you, if, if you can see it and you can get there first, you know, then, then you're going to win the ball. And, and you've got to learn that. And I think that, that comes with obviously being small. He, he physically couldn't compete. Maybe he wasn't as quick. So he had to read the game to get there first. And, he, you know, one thing that he, he had, or one of the best attributes that he had, was he was able to read the game in a manner which, you know, for me, made him one of the best midfielders in the world. He always seemed to be in the right place at the right time, whether it was scoring big goals like Juventus or, or breaking tackles up or, you know, lending a hand, doubling up or whatever it may be. He, he always seemed to read the game really, really well. Um, I think I learned more playing with him and being around him rather than playing against him. Um I didn't. I didn't fear him playing against him because, you know, I, I I always had the attitude: you don't fear anybody on the football pitch. You give as good as you get, and it doesn't matter if everyone says he's the best. You've got to show everyone that you're the best. So I never feared him, and I, you know, I come up against him with Sunderland. We we were a lot older then, and and our relationship was was quite weird. We were we weren't mates initially. Um, we had difference of opinions early on. We were young. Um, we were a little bit immature, probably the pair of us and different things we did. Then we, we got older and wiser and more experienced and realised that there was a, a tribalism between Liverpool and Man United. So I think we had to dislike each other because of that. So we did. Um, and then I, you know, as I then, we, we go get into our later careers, you know, I knew what button to press, you know, to wind him up. I just knew how to get to him. And I think that Sunderland-Man United game, you know, I, I got in his head. I, I really got in his head. And it's, like I said, it was all about winning. I said a few things to him to, to gain an advantage. I gained the advantage. Um, I set the equaliser up. He ended up get, elbowing me in the side of the head and getting sent off. And I walked off smiling. So, you know, I felt job was done. But what I learned from from playing with him is in the dressing room before a game he demands he, he demands that you he, he demands full stop you do everything right that you 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 give 100% you don't shake tackles you roll your sleeves up you get your hands dirty and you know he, he just demands it and he's you know if he if he tells you off you know you're getting told off but that would sit well with you Jason that that it feels to me that that idea about doing things right, doing things to 100%, that that would have sat very easily with you. There was, I wouldn't have thought there was much to teach you in that because you, you had that. Mate, I, lo- I, I loved him and we were very, very similar because I, I seen this winning mentality and I had that winning mentality. But 
Graham, where, where I'd, I'd, I'd kind of disagree with that, right? So, so I've got this thing, right? So we used to we used to stay in the airport hotel in Dublin. We used to stay in this. I'm going to use the word poxy. It was like a home from home, but it was, listen, it weren't glamorous. It weren't no Ritz, put it that way. And we used to train on a, on a muddy pitch out by the airport. And Jack used to name the team, mate, or try and give some tactics. And, the, you know, the 11-15 from Liverpool would be coming into Dublin, like 40 foot above your head. <laughs> you couldn't hear who was playing or, like, what was going on. And it'd be like... Did he just say I'm playing on Wednesday? I couldn't hear. And it was like, mate, and like we, you know, England would be swanning round in the latest Umbro tracksuits, mate, like we're like a million dollars. We'd get the shit they didn't even want to wear, Ireland. We'd, we'd walk around in that shit, you know what I mean? It'd be like the dog and duck. But you know what, mate? I used to look at it and I used to think, that's what makes us who we are. That's what makes us who we are. If you give us the Ritz... If you give us the posh tracksuits and the posh training ground and the posh hotel, we ain't going to be the team that rolls our sleeves up against Croatia, against Brazil, against Italy, against Germany and beat them because that's who we are. That's who we are. And where we differ was Roy hated that. He hated that. He wanted to you know, be in the nice hotel. He wanted a proper training ground. He wanted to do everything right in that sense. And I I disagreed with him. You know, I thought, you take that away from us, we become half a team. You know, we, we've, you know, we are who we are because of this. And, you know, we, <laughs> we were like the dog and duck, but but we won games. But I, I get what Roy was saying. I, I do get it. I get it. You know, the World Cup stuff, 2002. I get it. Preparation could have been better. But it's not us. It wasn't us. So, you know, we weren't Man United. Sunderland thing came up. Roy Keane was manager. Hero of mine. And You'd seen him around the training ground as you progressed, or yeah. Not? I mean, I, I mean, I'd spoken to him the odd time in the gym, but I was totally in awe of him. Mm, well, <laughs> obviously, um, I'd gone. To, I, I'd, I decided to go to Sunderland. They were playing a game against Preston at the week at, at the weekend. So Roy had been in touch with my agent at the time, and he said, "Well, tell him to come up, watch the game, and I'll, I'll have a chat with him after." So I'm driving up to Sunderland. I had a, a mini at the time <laughs> of all the, of all cars in my leg for the leg room and that. But I'm driving up to Sunderland and my steering wheel uh, locks. No way. So I'm on the motorway and I th- oh, the, the, oh. The, the the fluid in the steering wheel or something. There was a leak and so oh I managed God, to pull yeah. the car in. Get I left the, abandoned the car. Got a taxi up to Sunderland. Had to get a taxi back down um, after the game and I was going to Sunderland a few days later. Um, so I had no way of getting back up. I had no car. So Roy Keane, obviously I found out about this. He said, I'll come pick him up. He was still living in Manchester at the time. So there's me. Heroes come to pick me up. Two and a half hour journey the whole way to Sunderland. And I mean, it was fantastic for me to get the, the experience out. But he's come to pick me up at the house and I'm standing there. My mum's still trying to kiss me on the cheek by and, that. and I'm like, mum, will you get off? <laughs> I'm 19. <laughs> and uh, he was my hero and after that, obviously, I'd come back to, um, 
let's mention we won the championship. Shall I mention that? That was coming great, to. That was, was coming to. Which is a great experience and a, a great achievement because we went on a, a huge unbeaten sort of run for. I think when I joined at the time we were twelfth in the league. Ended up going on to win it. So. That you, was an you, time. I, I've looked and it seems to say to me you play nineteen times from in the league from when you join. You lose once, which I think is at Colchester. Colchester, yeah. And it, <laughs> and it's a it's it's number one. You you debut for your country and you beat Spain before you played professional Premier League football. You go to the championship, your first experience of playing top level senior football is to win the championship for Roy Keane against Steve Bruce's Birmingham on the last day on by winning at Luton when they lose. That's right. Who, who, who's your scriptwriter? <laughs> no, no. I mean, I, I think I, I was spoiled at that time. I mean, when I think back, I mean, everything just sort of flowed nicely. Like I said, I had good loan spells and. Um, Winning, winning the championship. I mean, that's a, that's a fantastic achievement. When I look back on, you know, winning obviously Premier League titles with Manchester United, and I, you know, I think that was the sort of first career trophy that I can that I can be really, really proud of and sort of kickstarted me. And I felt like it, you know we were winning and winning uh, uh, at the start of my career. You know, things were, were really going well. Strikes me. I mean, it strikes me that you've prepared yourself for that. This none of this you've already used the expression. None of this fell into your lap. So if things were flowing. You know, there's a certain point at which you you hit ramming speed when you hit warp speed, and you've done that for yourself. But, you know, I've always had a fascination for Roy Keane because he's certainly my kind of footballer. And I'm also, it frustrates me greatly, and I like a lot about him, and I think mm-hmm. that he's often either misportrayed or else deliberately misleads people. And I would have thought that because at that stage he's in, as a manager, he's in his pomp. That's you. You have a. You, I was going to say you have a good side. You have a championship side, but you also a side that's playing good football. I, I used to tune in. I used to like watching. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Carlos Edwards would have been the that's one right, that, that caught my eye. Right. I liked watching. Flying winger. The atmosphere is good because the atmosphere there when. It, yeah. I'm not so sure about Middlesbrough. Certainly the atmosphere at Newcastle Sunderland when things are going well is is pretty special. Now that must have been an adrenaline buzz, but I'm interested in in. What portrait do you portray of Roy as a, ma- as a successful manager? What's that like working for him? Well, I mean, I, I mean, I, exp- I experienced both sides. I, both my loan spells came in the January window. Um, so the first year in their championship, going to win, like you said, sorry, we lose one game out of 19 and everything's going well. And that, he was fantastic. He was so calm and collected and. Um, like you say, he wanted us to play good football. He'd been brought up on that, played that majority of his career. So I can see that. And then when I went back a second year, obviously they're we're in the Premier League and you're not mm. winning as many games and mm. Roy's a winner. Mm. And, you know, I think sometimes that maybe frustrated him a bit more. And I mean, I think he saw a lot, a lot of me that he liked. He mm. liked my character and... Um, he liked the fact that I was also a winner. So I, I could relate to him a lot and I, I could relate to at times when he was angry. Maybe some players couldn't understand that. That he wanted more. And I wanted more. I was a young, ambitious lad who was um, you know, trying to win every single game that I played, even in training. He liked the way I trained. and um, So I think we could both relate to each other in that way and I think that's why um, you know, he speaks highly of me mm. and why I enjoy playing under. It still bugs me a little bit. I, I felt, as I often feel with managers who earn success, then they go up to another level and some things around the club or a squad can be found lacking. I think 
more often clubs should stay with a manager and say, OK, we saw what you did when things were going well. We understand the reasons for maybe struggling or being relegated again are different from you. And I still feel that that was his place and that he should have been there longer. And, it, and I'm not reaching for criticism of Sunderland. I think what I'm expressing is a little bit of frustration because I'd really like to see Roy Keane the manager. Yeah, exactly. Personally. I mean, I think I think I mean, I, I'd gone from Sunderland at the times back in Manchester United when his his time had finally came to an end at Sunderland. And I think it was maybe a lot more that had gone on between him and the chairman. I, I don't know. No, but you know, sort of reading bet- between the lines that you know it wasn't maybe a case of. If I can offer you then that, that I think there's, I think a lot of people would see him on television now and think he's moved on, the door's closed, he's, he's maybe not going to be a manager or coaching. He's thinking, I'm I'm unsure. I don't think we've seen either the last of Roy Keane, the coach-manager, nor do I think that he's properly appreciated for... I think that thing, the Sunderland achievement, can drift off in the past and people kind of cobweb it, and I don't think that's right. No, I think I don't think we've seen the, the last one. I think he'll be itching to get back in there, I really do. And I think he's probably enjoying what he's doing now and being patient. That I'm sure it's a different role now because is. international football gives him time away. He's working with Martin. I still have a vision that he'll have a project of his own. Yeah, exactly. I mean, sometimes people are so, I mean, impatient about going into management and there's so much, I mean, you see the, these coaches, as I see it especially in in, uh, in European countries where they're a number two coach for a long time and, you know, they they, they learn their trade that way and, and, and be patient about it and, and uh, you know, eventually something will fall that's right for you at that time. have a hero like that man was Roy Keane I played for Roy um, at Ipswich the sharpest man mentally you could ever wish to meet I mean he, w- he wouldn't miss a trick and a, f- and a funny guy as well sometimes I think it's two things he, if you he, hadn't he's, 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 got, he's got a real sharp sense of humour everybody who, who knows him well say yeah. you don't realise how funny he is yeah yeah he can, he, he can really make and you laugh and the black scowl the dark humour the dry humour we straight and I think in he enjoys and... it a little bit sometimes as well the scowl he could be calm he could there was times at Ipswich when I, f- I used to think, oh, he's going to go berserk here. And he didn't. And then there was other times when we'd maybe win a game and he wasn't happy about something and he would flip his lid. So you could never really call when he was going to fly off You know, you've just desc- descri- described there, it's Alex Ferguson, isn't it? Yeah, you could never really, you could never tell when he was going to, sometimes he'd say nothing. He was unbelievable, though, with things. Like, I remember going for a meal once where he... He spoke to the captain and he said, I want you to go out and have a, a couple of beers and a, and, and a night out and a day out and a bit of lunch and what have you. And we'd go out and we'd, there'd be 25, 26 of us and we'd, we'd go and have a good good couple of drinks and a bit of food and all the rest of it. And we'd go to square up the bill at the end and it was all taken care of. Roy had got it. You can paint a picture of people like Roy Keane. Sometimes not what you see. You'd play for him again? Yeah, I probably would do because he was my hero, really. I mean, I remember I remember being at Ipswich and... I'd been down there for three, four years, lived on my own, and I was, I was getting to the stage where I knew there was a couple of clubs in for me, and I, at the time it was the right thing to do, let your contract go down to a Bosman. I was in the island set up, um, I was at a good age, and I thought, I'm going to let my contract run down and see what's out there. And I had a couple of good options, and then Jim McGilton lost his job, and Roy came in. I had a few things lined up, and I, I, I wanted to leave. And then when Roy got the job and I sat in an office with him and he says, well, where are you going to go? And blah, blah, blah. And I think there's no way I can go anywhere. He's, he's my hero. He's what, someone I've always looked up to. And I'd signed a new deal with him two, three weeks. And 
It was disappointing because it didn't work out at Ipswich how everyone would have wanted. I think Roy would have said that himself that first year that he was there. We didn't do well. We, I think we finished about mid-table-ish or something and he'd spent a few quid and brought in some players and we, we didn't really hit the heights of where we should have. Thank you for listening to The Big Interview. It's produced by me, which sounds egotistical, but it's also true, Graham Hunter, and Backpage. Our music is by Beer Jacket, who else? Editing by Charlie McGarry. Thank you to our hosts at Acast and our loyal sponsors at Bet365. We're also supported by our socios. Find out how to become a socio, how to support us at patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter. Here endeth the lesson.